This podcast is brought to you by Upgrade Fitness. Hello and welcome to the Guernsey Press Sport Podcast, your weekly insight into Ireland sport. Our thanks to Upgrade Fitness for their support of the show. Coming up, it's Siam Cup week and as Guernsey Raiders prepare to head to Jersey to back up last year's famous Footslane afternoon, we'll hear from representatives of three of the four sides in action on Saturday. It's a magical day um, and that that sort of that buzz and that fire inside of you and the love for it, you know, for a lot of us, you know, is embodied very young. Um, and that's always remained. So, um, you know, to be a part of this, you know, the first time all four teams are playing again, which is, you know, it's, it's great for rugby on the island as well. More from Dom Rice, James Morrock and Sophie Burt to come. Plus, we'll talk golf, cricket and I'm sure a bit more. Besides, I'm Tony Curran. Alongside me, as ever, is the Guns Press Sports Editor, Gareth Prevo. Hi, Tony. Hey, Gareth. Mm-hmm. Good bank holiday weekend. It was nice that the sun was out yeah. for it. Yeah, it was, it was obviously busy. A lot of sport goes on over bank holiday weekends. But yeah, it was, it was nice that the weather played ball for us. And uh, yeah, it was very enjoyable. Well, it's been quite a busy time uh, on the golf course, hasn't it? Um, let's just start with a quick word on the Guernsey Press Elite Men's Foursomes, which obviously the, the clues in the name we give a lot of coverage to. Uh, <laughs> and it is a big tournament and a, a really interesting one as well. Um, we sort of had the qualifying round and the first rounds. And uh, yeah, it kind of kicks back into action on Wednesday, doesn't it? Through to Friday's final. What have you made of it so far? Well, I thought I was going to be celebrating a, a hole-in-one with uh, young Noah Davy on Sunday. He came remarkably close to winning the £10,000 first prize, for, or, or hole-in-one prize, I should say, on the 18th uh, during the qualifier, which um, I was actually witnessing. I was making sure that nobody sort of cheated us by <laughs> claiming the prize without How holding out. How old is Noah? Um, I believe he's, he's an under-16. He might be 16 by now, but he's sort of one... He, I think him and Conor McKenna are the, the two youngest in the field. So, um, yeah, and he, he came within just a couple of inches of, of holding his tee shot from sort of 140 odd yards from up the hill at um, at uh, Lancrest, but uh, no, it was a great effort. And um, to be fair, a lot of people struggled on on the 18th on, on in the qualifier, which is unusual. But uh, yeah, he hit an absolute beauty, and uh, yeah, it would have been nice if it, to have seen it drop. But uh, no, fair I play mean, to him. Yeah, 10 grand is is a decent whack of money at any age, but 15 or 16, um, I don't know what you do with it. Really. Well, I'm not sure. I know that I know that most of the pairings did say that if they were to um, get get a hole in one on that hole, they would share it between the two of them. <laughs> so whether he'd told his partner Tanner in that he'd share as well I don't know but uh and Dave Jeffrey, the uh, the organiser, is also um, playing as well in the in the tournament. He he did say that anyone who, if anyone was to win the ten grand, somebody should put at least a grand behind the bar. So <laughs> I'm not sure if Noah would have done that, but uh, it would have been interesting to see. Yeah, so close. Um, and what about the the pairs that have got through then and uh, looking contention as the week wears on? Well, it's always really interesting because I mean, there's 22 pairs entered into the qualifier and uh, 16 progress. So so you the people you expect to get through generally do. The, the, none of the sort of big names missed out from the from the qualifier but as soon as you're into the knockout it's amazing how how upsets can occur and they were very close to having the top seeds knocked out on the opening night um Danny Bisson and uh, Tom Passmore qualified as, as uh, number one seeds having had the best score on Sunday and they got taken down extra holes by um, Daniel Griggs and Harry Bushby which was a great effort by them having only just scraped into the sort of like into the knockout tournament um, but yeah there, there were a couple of perhaps surprises I mean we were talking about sort of juniors before uh, Jaden Tucknott who's been one of the players of the year so far he, he's teamed up with Lewis Marley 
and I think they would have been considered favourites to win their first match against Tim Halden and um, and Wayne Harwood, but they got taken down extra holes and and lost to the uh, the experienced pair from um, Le Grand Mar. So there, there were some really good um, first round matches on, on Monday night, and I'm sure there'll be some great quarterfinals to come um, when play resumes on Wednesday. Yeah, I'll be following it very closely. Um, we heard from Jez Nicol on last week's pod, um, the winner of the um, the two uh, Leap Men's foursomes so far, and a team up with his dad for this one. I'm, going I'm, okay? pl- I'm pleased to report is going quite well they're still talking to each other um i think dave um his dad was probably in a very uh, unusual position for him and almost any other golfer on the island that he was um uh putting for a, a two on the 10th green because jez hit one of the longest drives possible basically hit the par four green in one which is about 350 yards it was down breeze but it's still a, a mighty hit and jez caught all of it and uh yeah i think uh i think it would have been a bit of an unusual experience for anybody but even dave who's a very good player himself would have probably n- not been on that green in one before <laughs> <laughs> well the competition continues all week as you say picks back up on wednesday and the final is on friday um, more and plenty of coverage um, in the pages of the Guernsey Press all week so uh, keep an eye out for that one. Right let's tell you a bit more about our new sponsor Gareth are you a gym man? Never really have been Tony. You know, uh, my activities always sort of like involved uh, a ball sport somewhere along the line, but uh, I probably should be, to be honest. Well, maybe uh, the new upgrade fitness uh, space behind uh, the doghouse on the Rohays will be enough to coax you in. Mm. If you've driven past there, um, it is uh, looking pretty impressive. Not open yet, but it will be on the 1st of June. It's a new state-of-the-art gym and fitness centre, purpose-built for gym-goers by gym lovers. It'll feature the latest in high-tech equipment, unmatched anywhere locally, and offer professional trainers, free classes, infrared saunas, and plenty of parking. If you're interested in upgrading your fitness, you can get a sneak peek at that new Rohe space at an open morning on Saturday the 20th of May from 9 o'clock till 1 o'clock in the afternoon. And you can head to upgrade.fitness online to find out more, including details of a special founder's rate available to anyone who signs up before the official opening on the 1st of June. You can also find more on social media, on Facebook and Instagram. Upgrade Fitness is the place to go. Thanks to them for their support of the show. Um, let's turn our attention to rugby now, Gareth, because, um, yeah, it is the big one, is it? The big week um, for Guernsey Raiders, of course. Uh, heading to Jersey on Saturday for the Siam Cup. It'll be the first time um, since the pandemic that all four fixtures, as the uh, sort of modern schedule dictates, are back on the Falaise Cup, um, which uh, has been missing from the schedule um, for the last couple of years since the pandemic. Much the upset of some of the uh, St. Jack's um, squad, if not all of the St. Jack's squad, I'm sure. Um, but they'll be pleased to see it back on the agenda for Saturday Um, yeah four matches um, all on the same pitch at St Peter before we talk about um, yeah the the fixture itself and you know where Guernsey Raiders are approaching it from I suppose we should just mention that uh, Jersey Reds um, who of course are a separate entity now to Jersey Rugby Club um, who were Jersey Reds Athletic who compete a couple of levels lower than um, Guernsey Raiders and who will um, form the side that will contest the Sound Cup on Saturday Um, but yeah Jersey Reds the professional outfit crowned championship um, winners on Saturday after a couple of big wins uh, against Ealing last week and then uh, against Amptill at St. Peter on Saturday um, to clinch the title. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's been a, a, a kind of a steady progress, isn't it, for, for the Jersey Reds professional setup? And um, yeah, I suppose without any kind of the sort of 
premiership giant that there's always sort of been over the last kind of decade or so in the championship without them there as, as things stand and um, i suppose that was an opportunity and jersey reds took it yeah well to be fair to jersey reds over over many years now they've they've not hidden their ambitions they've always wanted to sort of just get as high as they possibly can there was no no uh seeming to their limit and i mean this is almost what eight nine years in the making i think since um harvey Biljon took over i mean he's, he's been in charge there for several years i'm, I'm almost a bit surprised he's still in charge because he's done such a fantastic job that you imagine he might have had offers from elsewhere i don't know i mean i don't follow it that closely but he's been an outstanding sort of director of rugby for for jersey reds and um yeah it's, it's all like the culmination of a lot of hard work so congratulations to them but it, it is very much like you say tony is a professional outfit over there it's it's well backed and um they, they, they have got uh, premiership ambitions, I believe. Um, a lot of that comes down to sort of the stadiums and what have you. You need to have, I think, a 10,000-seater stadium or something along those lines or 10,000-capacity stadium, which um, they, they can't fulfil uh, at the moment. But um, yeah, no, it's, it's a tremendous achievement for Jersey Reds and uh, congratulations to them. Yeah, great scenes over there on Saturday. Um, yeah, seconded. Congratulations um, to everyone involved in that setup. Um, but this is the big one, isn't it? The uh, Siam Cup. Um, yeah, emotions will be um, running as high, I'm sure, on Saturday at St. Peter, um, particularly after what happened last year. Um, Guernsey Raiders uh, men, of course, uh, doing the double in, a, in the space of a week uh, over their old rivals, um, beginning with that huge victory over in Jersey which, uh, as we well know, doesn't happen too often. Um, that's going to have hurt uh, Jersey, I'm sure. Uh, and, uh, yeah, the Raiders uh, bringing it back to Futsal and following up to, to make it two wins in a row. I mean, to go there this weekend and win three in a row, Gareth, I mean, that, that was sort of almost unheard of. Uh, well, well, literally, well, I, think I think it is. Yeah. Literally. It, it's, yeah, it's a bit of a strange... It, it feels a bit strange this season, only having one time, having had three last season. It was... Uh, we were a bit, a bit sport for choice, I think, last season when you when they took into account all the additions they needed to host to, to um, make up for the lost time of COVID. Um, but yeah, I mean, you'd, you'd suggest, considering now that Jersey Rugby Club are separated from Jersey Reds as two separate entities, it's a very strange scenario where you probably rate Guernsey as favourites, which in Siam history is very, very rare. Um, but um, it's something that... I think the Raiders boys have been looking at for a while. Their, their league form sort of tailed off a bit. You could you could almost see it in a couple of performances that um, they had ninth sewn up in National uh, Two East for for several weeks, and it was almost a case of the, our big game is still to come, and it's not in the league anymore. It was always going to be the same. So um, fingers crossed that everyone um, who uh, Jordan Reynolds wants to be fit is fit. I know they're, they're sort of waiting on a couple of players just to give them as long as possible to prove their fitness. But no, it'd be uh, it'd be just an amazing achievement if they could make it three on the bounce. Yeah, really exciting contest in store. As you say, Jersey Rugby Club have gone very, very well in their league. I mean, yeah, uh, you know, kind of like St. Jack's, um, the league they've been put into, they've been too good for, um, so they've kind of romped to victory in, in, in a lot of the games. Yeah, it's, it's, it was just the nature of the way the um, RFU did reformatted the leagues that some teams had to be allocated into a certain league, like St. Jack's were and uh, Jersey Athletic, as was. Um, and it would have been a bit harsh to put them sort of straight in at a particularly high level. And so they're having to build their way up. And they certainly, like St. Jack's, they found themselves at a level which didn't really... Um, 
uh, challenged them sort of week in, week out. They obviously would have had some decent games, but um, they're always expected to to get promotion this year and probably next as well. As for the women, another fantastic uh, contest in store there as well. Um, yeah, quite an intriguing one after last year's results. Um, one all in those back-to-back games on home soil jerseys, women claiming um, their first ever Siam Cup win, um, ending uh, Guernsey's nine-year streak in that um, fixture, um, which obviously was a uh, was a huge milestone for them. But just a week later, Guernsey got their hands back on the women's side with a particularly hard-fought um, victory down at Foots Lane. Um, so yeah, that contest intriguingly poised and um, yeah Guernsey going into it um, with a real mix of youth and experience lots of new young players coming through into the squad um, this season well to find out a bit more about how those three squads are shaping up I caught up with Sophie Burt from Guernsey Raiders women Dom Rice um, from Guernsey Raiders and James Morock from St Jack's um, and began by asking James about the return of the Fallies Cup and how his side are relishing that We've had a, I think we've not played since 2019, um, 18 maybe, so yeah, 19, yeah. So it's been a while um, and the boys have really been excited to, to have this back on the agenda. Um, obviously we campaigned quite hard to, to try and get it back and uh, now we're really excited to, to get back out there and, um, you know, as much as we play for the Vikings uh, week in, week out, we're very proud to represent Guernsey um, and as much as we're I mean, separate clubs in some ways, we're very much part of this and uh, we're really looking forward to it. Yeah, and the way it's going to work on the day is slightly different isn't it, this year to, to kind of make things work. Just talk us through the schedule and, and how that makes things different for you guys as players. Yeah, so I think um, we're due to play last, the second team game on uh, on Siam Saturday. So um, we're going to go after the main game at six o'clock. Um, so a bit different. Um, it's a long day, I suppose, in some ways, but um, it, it also makes it interesting. Um, hopefully we'll be coming on after the, the Raiders boys have just won the Siam. Um and you know, hopefully we can follow that through and do the job ourselves. Uh, but it, I think um, the the reason behind that is it allows Jersey to use their bench from their first first team to play in the seconds, which we're okay with. Um, um, so yeah, you know, it may also free up a few extra players for us who may have been on the bench for Raiders. So uh, yeah, in all, I'm very excited. Yeah. I'm- Coming down to training, um, it seems like there's as many players as that's been for years who could be in contention for for that squad. Oh, absolutely. I think we've got 22. Um, we've used 49 players or something this season. Um, uh, you know, and we're in a really healthy spot. It, it is very intense. Um, you know, we've we, we have got quite good depth in, within the squad these days, um, which is great. Uh, but obviously, it means now we've uh, you know some lads may be disappointed, but. Um, we should hopefully have a warm-up game the week before, so it gives everyone a chance to get a bit of a hit out ahead of that. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. But, uh, yeah, I think selection that selection meeting will be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and Dom, Sophie, um, obviously looking back to last year, or this time last year down here, um, it was a pretty fantastic day. A great week for, for the men winning both games and, and for the women to, to, to go down in Jersey but then to fight back and win here. Um, Dom, let me just come to you. What were your memories of last year and how special that was? Yeah, it's pretty special um, couple of weeks in all going over to Jersey. Um, obviously, winning winning the try and back from that November disappointment, and then kind of backing it up at home and, and and kind of doing it for our supporters at home was was really special. I think for for me personally, probably one of the best weeks in in my rugby career to date. Um, and and I think for for us, it's just looking forward to, to backing that up again this year it's really exciting yeah obviously you got that taste of winning away last time to go and do it um in their backyard after uh, having inflicted back-to-back defeats on jersey you know they're gonna probably 
come back at you quite hard. Um, how much of a battle are you expecting? Yeah, for sure. I think it's it's Siam Cup rugby. Um, so it's it's always a battle. It's going to be physical. It's going to be fast paced. Um, we're, we're, we're yet to see who Jersey will play. Um, but I think for us and probably what we learned as a group kind of back in that November game was it's it's Siam Cup rugby and it's just all about you, you as a team um, kind of collectively just all kind of buying into to the common goal of, of kind of winning a Siam Cup. So I think for us, um, it's, it's going to be really important just to focus on ourselves, make sure we're clinical, we have a good few weeks training, we're just really accurate going into that Siam Cup. Um, and I think that's that's that, that's what was perfect about kind of the, the doubleheader last year. It was just clinical, accurate rugby that, that won on the day, which was fantastic. And Sophie, uh, as I say, um, it was one all in that, that week's rugby last time. Um, does it feel like that fixture, the women's time, is, is as much in the balance as it's ever been? Um, I think, yeah. Um, so from my perspective, I didn't, I didn't play last year. I had a baby um, a week before. So um, we weren't able to go to the Jersey game. Obviously, we were keeping touch of, of the score and it was really close. Um, but one thing that the girls did show is the resilience um, in that week to turn it around um, on the chat on the on the training pitch um, they made such an effort to come together as a team and really turn that around and actually um, we've kept that momentum going forward um, I think we're in a really fortunate position in some ways where um, because of weather and different things like that our league matches have had to be rescheduled so for the first year that I can remember we're going into a Siam having um, played a lot more league matches so um the, the team had one on um, Sunday just gone. We've got our last game on Saturday coming. Um, so we're getting a lot of game time, which sometimes that's, that's where we've fallen a bit short, um, is where we haven't had that game time in the lead up to the Siam. So um, I think we're very focused on, on the Siam and just using um, these games that we've got from the league to focus on um, how we're going to hit Jersey. Yeah, awesome. And uh, from your experience of playing in these games, um, obviously we had such a good run of it. Um, was it eight in a row we won? Was it always much difficult? Was it always much more difficult doing it in Jersey? So I know that um, the feet, obviously, the feedback that that I've had from from the team is that the the environment was tough. Um, I think this year we're going into it very much prepared for a challenging environment, and and the women are up for that challenge. Has that forced you guys to kind of take a, you know, is it sort of soaked a slightly different mentality in you? Is it fired the belly a bit? Yeah, I think, and I think we need that. Um, our coaches always tell us that um, we can sometimes be too nice. Um, so we're certainly, we showed um, coming back last year that um, we don't have to be that, that nice team and we can win. <laughs> so, um, I think we're going into it with a mission this year. Yeah, awesome. And, and, and for you guys, um, for both Raiders and, and St. Jack's, um, you obviously like league rugby has been such a big thing in the last few years, but clearly the Sime Cup is still the biggest show in town. Um, does, it, does it feel like a, a different build-up when you, when you look ahead to the sort of start of May? Yeah, definitely. I think... You know, I- I think it's something we always very much look forward to, and we've been able to, you know, play the Fallets for a number of years now, and, and it, it definitely keeps us going. It's, you know, the boys work really hard in the build-up to Siam, and you know, the the intensity is that it's not just a week or two before; it's a month before. You yeah, all focuses on that. Um, it's similar to Sophie, our fixtures have recently finished, so you know, we, we you know we've had a lot of games this year. We've never played more games than we have this season. Um, I think we played 22 league games, so um, that's put us in a good spot. Um, and you know we've played some good rugby. We know there's still a plenty of growth in us to come, um, but 
a challenge in a test like Jersey, that, yeah, that's something we really fancy. Yeah, will you be keeping, well, I suppose quite a close eye on um, you know, what that Jersey squad's going to look like on the day? As you say, there's a few players who, who might drop through from, um, from the first team bench. Yeah, we're not too sure to be honest. Um, they've they've said a few times that they're, you know, they they're not sure of the squad they'll have. But um, we won't really into that too much. We'll just, uh, you know, all we can do is focus on ourselves. That's what we've done all season as well. Um, maybe at times where we've been playing teams that. Um, you know, haven't necessarily always been able to match us in areas. It's sometimes easy to become complacent, um, and but we just keep a focus on ourselves and so not to cut that out. And I think the same is valid here. Actually, we don't know what we're going into, but we just know that we're a strong group, um, and I think that's really important. We work for each other really hard. Lots of talent, um, but and, and we're improving. And you know, this is a great test for us to see where we're at. Dom. Um for you guys going into this one, uh, you know, for anyone who hasn't played or people listening who haven't played a Siam Cup, um, not least one in Jersey, um, what, what, just take us inside the dressing room ahead of, ahead of a game uh, against the old enemy. What's it like? What's the emotion like? Yeah, it's, it's pretty emotional. I think, as you say, that it's probably the biggest game in, in town um, across the season. So I think I think for us, it's, 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 it's always exciting, but I think we just have to pinch ourselves and, and just enjoy the moment because I think... When we do that, we play our best rugby, and I think we saw that last year. I think probably the November one, we built it up, built it up a little bit too much, and and, and put a lot of pressure on ourselves to perform and, and go out there and kind of get a win. Um, and I think we we learnt from that come May, and we kind of actually just took a step back, enjoyed the moment, enjoyed pulling on a Siam Cup um, jersey, and, and and kind of enjoyed going over there and putting in a, a real good performance. So for, for me, I think. That, that's really important. The, the dressing room's always exciting, right? When you play for Raiders, it's just about being cool, calm and collected and, and executing on the day. And take us back to your first Siam Cup. Um, what, what was going through your head, kind of walking out? Uh, what are you telling yourself? Jeez. Um, so I was, I was probably quite young. I think I got my first cap when I was 18. Um, and it was up against a number of the, the Jersey pros and, and kind of pinched myself a little bit looking back at that. But for, for me, I was quite fearless back then and, and kind of have, have remained pretty fearless through my rugby career. So I think 18-year-old B is probably no different to, to, to what, what I am now. I think, um, yeah, it was it was just soaking up the, the atmosphere and, and enjoying kind of tackling pros as an 18 year old was quite cool um so i think yeah that that's that's where i've always been and, and that's why siam cups are so special and, and so if you take us inside your kind of head going into the swan as you say uh, you had a break um for last year and congratulations on that but um kind of back involved and and as eager as ever yeah definitely um i was desperate to get back on the uh, on the pitch and um i've i've struggled a bit with injury so it's been a bit of a longer road than what some people um you know can do um, but I'm just excited to to be back and um, be in a position where I can hit it hard ready ready for Siam that's been um, my main goal is to try and get back to some league matches to get me um, game fit ready for that so I'm super pumped that I've made it so far <laughs> <laughs> and as far as your squad's concerned um, yeah it's quite a new look squad isn't it it's been a lot of changes a lot yeah. of younger players are involved um, just tell, tell us about the sort of dynamic within that group so the youngsters coming through are incredible um, they can they can run rings around us um, the only time that I think that us 
older vets. Um, win is when we're doing walking rugby and I um, <laughs> I smash them hard and I enjoy every minute of beating their um, backsides when we can do that. Um, but the, the talent that we've got coming through in the women's team is incredible. Um, and there's only more coming through with, with the um, academy and things. So um, the fact that we can get alongside those players and um, pass on the experience that we've got. Um, I'm certainly under no illusions that um, my Siam days are numbered with, with the, the women that we've got coming through and that's a really exciting place to be. Um, I'm lucky that I'm in a position to um, still be playing, but I'm also um, really excited for the club, the fact that um, I'm competing for, for a game in, um, well, a place in that squad with um, some of the people almost half my age. So. Go get them. Yeah, and for you as an experienced player, what would be your message to them going into it, to the younger players? Um, I think it's stay calm, stay collected. Um, and I like to think that, that that's what I can bring. Um, I think it's easy in any game, but certainly in a Siam, to get on the pitch and hit that panic. And, um, and I think that's, that's when, as a team, um, we let ourselves down. So actually what we need to focus on is, is taking that step back and, and remaining calm. And when we're calm and when we enjoy playing um, that's when we play our best and, and so that's the attitude is it, it's it's going into the game appreciating that it's Siam but not focusing on it at all because actually um, we just need to go into it like it's any other game and chill. So all this build-up is going to help then? Yeah, <laughs> maybe that's why they sent me. <laughs> and you know um, in terms of the day itself obviously it's super special to have well the four games back on together. Uh, Jimmy what I mean to be part of that whole day, um, is it a special thing? Siam Day is like no other. Um, I started playing in Siams when I was 10, I think, like still 9 or 10 when I started playing rugby. So to be a part of that, and even then, and back, way back when it was the kids and the adults were all on the same day, um, and it's just, it's a magical day. Um, and that, that sort of, that buzz and that fire inside of you and the love for it, you know, for a lot of us, you know, is embodied very young. Um, and that's always remained. So, um, you know, to be a part of this, you know, the first time all four teams are playing again, which is, you know, it's, it's great for rugby on the island as well. There's, um, and because a senior I am is, you know, I remember playing my, you know, sort of my first valets and, the, the, you know, the famous greenwash a few years ago. You know, those days are, are truly special um, and it's important for the younger lads that are coming through as well now that they get to experience that and to, and to uh, you know, help motivate them because there's plenty of lads in our squad who have got the opportunity to probably go on and play in the main Siam. But being a part of that day and, uh, you know, and, and we all support each other. That's a really good thing. Um, you know, it's such a supportive group, the, uh, the rugby community on the island here. And, you know, we're all really looking forward to, to, to supporting all Scene. representatives of three of the siam cup sides there sophie burt dom rice and james Morocco. best of luck of course um to all of them um the vets also in action um away on saturday and um if you want to hear a bit more rugby chat um listen back on this feed to our siam 2007 um revisited all three of the uh, guys i spoke to there in action for the vets on saturday um leighton batiste uh, jim elliott and simon sharrett who, who look back on the uh, famous victory in 2007 which before last year had been um the last time that guernsey Raiders had lifted the Siam Cup over in Jersey. Um, yeah, really good listening. Gareth, I mentioned um, for the, the press um, piece uh, in that podcast as well, which had a fantastic headline, Jersey come up against a wall of Guernsey granite. Yeah, it was um, that was a great game. I, I have vague memories of it. I, I just remember it being just, um, just 
so exciting. It was one of those things. The Jersey crowd is um, very close to the pitch. It's all they're all sort of stood up and back in those days for sure. And there's no sort of great seating arrangement at St Peter. And uh, yeah, it was just a, a real sort of ebb and flow game. But um, I remember without wanting to big him up too much. I remember Jordan Reynolds, I don't think he ever had a better game in a Raiders shirt or a Guernsey shirt. They weren't actually Raiders back in those days. And, and um, yeah, it was a, a thoroughly deserved victory. It was one of, I think we won three times in four years in that in that great purple patch. Um, and yeah, just looking back at that, of the picture you took of the guys at the podcast, Jim Elliott looks exactly the same as he always does. <laughs> the bloke doesn't age. It's quite depressing, really. He could probably still be out there this weekend. I'm um, sure he could be. Yeah. It was really fun to, to chat to those three uh, about uh, a fantastic day uh, in Guernsey rugby history so do check back in this feed to listen to that and we'll have more Sam Cup build up um, later on in the week in the pages of the Guernsey Press Um, the shirt presentation takes place at the club on Wednesday night which is always a nice sort of ceremony ahead of the uh, fixture and we'll have a bit of team news of course in the paper later on in the week I'll be going over to it so expect a bit of video coverage on our social feeds on Saturday and um, if you can't get over to Jersey um, the club are live streaming um, the Sam Cup down in the clubhouse um i think you need to get a ticket for that so uh, head to their social channels um to find out all the details but uh yeah it's going to be a very very interesting day and uh it kind of feels like uh you also mentioned the pandemic there but it kind of feels like with the marathi as well coming back to guernsey the week after it's kind of sort of back to the sort of good old-fashioned uh kind of big starts to may so um yeah really looking forward to that one um speaking of may and sunshine um the local domestic cricket season kind of getting into full swing in the last in the last week or two um and there was a pretty explosive and quick fire start to the championship season on Saturday. Yeah, well, uh, well, put it this way, Cobo and Wanderers regulars had their lunch after the game. That shows how quick it was. Um, but it, it was actually a very entertaining game. It was Whether you put down the, the batting or the lack of batting prowess down to rustiness or um, just poor shot selection or what, I'm not quite sure. I'll, I'll, I'll go with rustiness at this time of the season. Um, but yeah, it was a, a low-scoring thriller. Kobo were all out for 92 and they ended up winning by 13 runs. It was a, a very sort of strange occasion and there, was, there wasn't there was really a sign of it to come when um, Zach Damrell and Ollie Newey were batting together for Kobo's second-wicket partnership, took Kobo up to 48 for one. And it was all quite serene progress and, you know, there's a few player misses and what have you. But then all of a sudden, once the wicket started tumbling, they never stopped for the rest of the day and it was uh, pretty entertaining. Uh, yeah, so like I say, Kobo bowled out for 92. Ollie Newey's 36 was the highest score in the day by by quite a way as well. Um, and uh, so you'd sort of fancy any side to knock off 92 in the run chase. To be fair, Wonders of Regulars um, had a very young side and you sort of knew that they needed their sort of, like they got three, what you'd perhaps call senior batsmen and Lucas Barker, Ben Bensel and um, Tom Nightingale. And you got the impression they would need to score the bulk of the runs if they were going to win, even with such a low, low chase. And um, yeah, Will Peatfield basically ran through the, the top order of uh, Wonders of Regulars, took five wickets for very little. And um, yeah, it was uh, from sort of like being obvious favourites at halfway, all of a sudden, Kobo, oh, sorry, uh, Wanderers of Regulars were right up against it. And Kobo just turned the screw quite impressively. Their spinners came on and finished off the job that Will Peatfield had started. So it was entertaining. It was. Um, I'm not sure if uh, the Ireland's director of cricket, Jeremy Frith, was particularly pleased with um, some of the batting he saw from some of his Ireland prospects. But I think some of the bowling would have impressed him. I, I must admit, I mean, Will Peatfield's obviously an established Ireland player. I thought Harry Johnson was excellent for Wonders Regulars. He um, 
he a bit like Charlie Forshaw, he's sort of put on a yard of pace over the winter and he bowled a really good line and length. He was sort of it was right bang on a length and with his height, um it was coming through a, a decent carry as well. And he took four wickets and um fellow youngster Tony Merrion took three. So there's some very good signs of um up and coming players for Guernsey there, but uh, mainly in the bowling, certainly not in the batting. Yeah, well I don't think I'm gonna help with that <laughs> when I make my uh, season bow on Thursday night. Um just before we go, um, staying with cricket is, of course, a, uh, a huge summer for England um, with uh, a much, much anticipated Ashes series to look forward to. Um, it's going to come around pretty quickly, isn't it? Um, one man who has uh, yeah, tasted just about as good a, a, an Ashes victory as there has ever been is Ashley Giles. And he was in the island um, last week to speak at the Sporting Dinner Club. I was talking to our colleague Simon Delery at the weekend and he, he'd sort of seen that um, the bit in the paper, obviously, uh, that Ashley Giles had been over and he was slightly disappointed to have missed him because he he had sort of waxed lyrical for about 40 minutes about his uh his contribution with the bat actually particularly at the uh the oval um in that 2005 ashes series because he did uh yeah for obviously for someone who's um yeah kind of bowling was um very reliable throughout his career um yeah he did uh make a, a very valuable contribution that day well that day and also he i think he hit the winning runs at trent bridge as well um when it was a quite a low run chase but uh, that really exciting game which had many a talking point i was actually at a couple of days of that Trent Bridge test and I was there I was there today Gary Pratt ran out Ricky Ponting <laughs> it still um, brings up a smile to my face to the fact that Ricky Ponting gave an absolute mouthful to the, to the England balcony because he'd been run out by the 12th man who he, <laughs> he didn't think should be on the pitch at the time but uh, yeah um, yeah, it was, it was really nice to meet uh, Ashley Giles He's, it, on television he comes across as a really nice polite guy and it's exactly how he is in real life he was, he was just really um, really open very honest about um, anything you, you wanted to speak about and terms of cricket and uh yeah he was uh like he said it's, it's um obviously the pinnacle in anyone's career to to win an ashes series any england cricketers really and um yeah he was lucky enough to play in, in probably the the best series ever um, well yeah you grabbed a quick word with him uh, when he was over um and let's hear what he made of 2005 and what he thinks of uh, the summer in store well it's great to see the way we've played in test cricket over this last period you know the, at the end of australia it was it was tough for everyone you know and i was in the middle of that um, so, you, you know, you can only be happy when you see England win test, test matches and test series, but you know, this summer will offer a, a different challenge again. Um, the, the stats would say we should be favourites. I think we've lost to Australia and England in a test series since 2001, but we know it will be difficult. Um, so yeah, if we continue to play with the same positivity in the same manner as we have done over this last year, I think it'll be interesting to watch, um, but the Aussies are a tough challenge. Yeah, for sure. Obviously, you've, been, you've enjoyed success as a, as a player against the Aussies. I mean, when it comes to being an England cricketer, an England test cricketer, um, is it sort of the pinnacle for you and, and guys to play in that and, your fingers crossed, win it on home soil? Yeah, it has to be close. Yeah, I mean, it, certainly the series, again, I was fortunate enough to play in in 2005, was the pinnacle of my career. You know, it was... I always say it's a bit like boy, boy's own stuff, you know, playing in a in a series like that against what at the time are almost the Galacticos. You have this this brilliant Australian team who looked close to unbeatable. Um, uh, you know, us getting together as a team under under Fletcher and Nass at first, then Vaughan, and almost the, the the two worlds collided exactly the right time. So uh, you know, an amazing series to play in for any cricketer. You know, to play for your country is. Is a huge honour when you when you look at where 
any young kid comes from, whether it be the village green or, you know, playing at school or whatever, um, to play for your country is brilliant. But the old enemy, yeah, there's something something special about playing against and beating them. And obviously, Guernsey is actually like an ICC nation. We, we, you can play for your country if you're from Guernsey. Um, just to perhaps finish off, um, if you were to meet sort of young kids or sort of teenage kids trying to make their way in cricket, is there any sort of advice you'd perhaps give them as to how they can progress their game and uh, sort of even try and, you know, uh, get into the international stage? Well, I guess, look, the, the, the number one is there's no shortcuts. You've got, to, um, you've got to work incredibly hard. You've got to be dedicated. You need people around you who support you as well. You know, you need good coaches and family members who... I mean, my, you know, my mum and dad driving me around all over the country and supporting me. Um, my brother and my sister's the same. Um, everyone's almost got to buy into it. And you need special coaches who, who lead you on that path. Um, but you've also got to enjoy it. You know, cricket, cricket becomes very serious the more you go up the levels. Um, and I think it's important sometimes to, again, reattach with where you started and why you play the game. And it should be because you love it and you enjoy it. Uh, right, I think that is just about it from us for now. Where are you going to be this week, Gareth? Because uh, down at the golf course, I'll be at Lancrest for a lot of the week. I've got the um, yeah the rest of the uh, Guernsey Press Elite Men's Foursome Championship, and then also it's the Piccadilly and Brymay, which is basically the first major of the year on on Saturday. So uh, it's it's um, pretty much golf throughout the most of May for me. I think big week of golf, big month of golf, big week of rugby. Um, yeah, keep track of it all uh, in the pages of the Guernsey Press. Our thanks once again to Upgrade Fitness for their support of this podcast. We'll be back next Wednesday with another Guernsey Press Sport podcast, reflecting on it all and looking ahead to what else is to come. Um, thanks very much. And we'll see you next time. Cheers, Tony. Cheers.